Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. Do you wake up feeling like your best days have passed you by? Omega-3s are essential to the health of your body and cells. Scientists say an imbalance in the omega-3-6 ratio is a major cause of many illnesses. You need testing to know how healthy your cells are. Without testing, you're only guessing. Test yourself at home and start feeling better today. Find out how by calling Rick Kroll at 305-933-4219. Welcome to the Home Business Success Show. Join us as we speak to home business entrepreneurs for tips, tricks, do's, and even don'ts for running a successful home business. Greetings, everyone. My name is Hank Eater, also known as Hank the PR Guy, host of the Home Business Success Show, and you're listening to bizradio.us, all entrepreneurs, all the time. We'll be meeting a very special guest today right after my Two Cent Marketing Minute. As a home business entrepreneur, where do you meet your clients? This is an important question. I recommend not meeting them in your home under most circumstances. Some you can meet at coffee shops. There are a few you need to give a more royal treatment. And if that's the case, consider using a co-working space in your area. These have conference rooms with smart tech and they usually provide coffee. But stay out of your house unless you have some serious liability insurance. Well, that being said, our guest brings more than 40 years experience in marketing, from running the sales department for a multi-million dollar direct marketing company and building an international presence for a pharmaceutical startup to selling polyester pants in discount department stores. Since 2000, he has exclusively coached successful entrepreneurs who have thriving businesses, value personal development, and crave individual attention from someone who has metaphorically walked in their shoes. That is, when he isn't driving around the country in his 1957 Dodge Custom Royal Sedan. Please join me in welcoming Jim Shulman. Hank, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you so much. If you would, please describe for our listeners what it is that you do. Well, uh, as a client of mine once described it, he said, Jim, you get me out of the weeds. The people who I work with are exclusively successful entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs are their own very special breed. Uh, They're constantly looking for the next great thing. What's another opportunity? And as you know, Hank, from your experience as an entrepreneur, you probably have 10 times as many great opportunities or things that you would like to pursue than you have capacity to do it. What I do is work with those entrepreneurs and figure out what is the one thing that is going to have the greatest single impact on their business that we could focus our undivided attention on. What's going to get the best ROI, not just in terms of money, but in terms of other things that the uh, entrepreneur wants to do with their business and sometimes their life. That essentially is it. And related to that, the vast majority of entrepreneurs, Hank, acquire a staff rather than hire it. 
meaning they by happenstance, they happen to have an opening. They might say to somebody at a bar, hey, you're looking for work. I need somebody to run this in my office. And they wind up with an accumulation of employees. And for somebody who does not think like a manager, and almost no entrepreneurs I have worked with think like a manager, they think like an entrepreneur and somebody who can sell ideas and sell products and services. Well, that takes some reorienting very often with some changed roles, sometimes with the addition or subtraction of people who can support the entrepreneur in a way that makes sense to a person who's an employee. And so the entrepreneur feels they're being supported in the things they want to do. So in other words, it's not a, it's not a question of happenstance. You just can't pick up people along the way and expect them to do what it is you really think they're going to do or want them to do. And then especially if you don't have any management skills or leadership skills, what are you going to do with those people? So yeah, to go back to an earlier thing you said, I call it bandwidth. We just don't have the bandwidth to pursue everything that comes our way. I, I think they're, I'm, I'm recalling a movie that had, I think it was Jim Carrey in it. Was it was that the one, Yes Man, where he was told to say yes to everything that came his way mm -hmm. and, and it would change his life. And it, indeed it did, but maybe not the way he expected. Uh -huh. But yeah, that being said, um, you also must teach some leadership and management skills to uh, entrepreneurs that you work with, or um, at least uh, hook them up with some good human resources type uh, skills and knowledge, right? Our, a large part of that, Hank, is finding the person's limits. So for instance, somebody might be fantastic at, run, at coming up with new ideas and at selling ideas, selling products or services, the management of it is so far out of their level of expertise that they need someone they can trust to be able to handle that. And my favorite example came from an old movie called The Devil Wears Prada. And it was about... Uh, a fashion, uh, the editor of a fashion magazine, more or less based on Anna Wintour, who was a one-person hurricane, like Taz, the Tasmanian devil. Mm -hmm. Anna Wintour had a second-in-command, Nigel, who could put up with her crazy and translate that to the rest of the staff of what they had to do to keep everything running functionally. Functionally, the way she wanted to see, even with her capricious and very often outrageous standards, but in a way that would make sense to the way a person who gets a check every two weeks thinks. I get it. So they're kind of like a, uh, a liaison, a go-between, a translator. <laughs> it's a sort of, I'm going to say, it's an animate Rosetta Stone. It takes the language of the way an employee thinks and the language of the way an entrepreneur thinks and puts them together in a common way. I see. This reminds me of something I came across many, many years ago when I had gotten out of college and I was a news reporter for a time. And then I spent a brief period of time doing graphics design in a company that was connected to a small newspaper. But there was a printer at that company whose name was Mal for Malcolm. And uh, he was the most fabulous printer that the business had. Nobody could do as good a job as Mal did as a printer. And everybody told him that all the time.
So Mal decided that he should open up his own printing company. And he failed miserably at it and came back, you know, about six months later to work again for this company. And the reason was because Mal was a great printer, but Mal didn't know the slightest thing about business or employee relations or any of that stuff. So maybe in light of the conversation we're having now, Mal should have probably hired somebody who was in charge of taking care of all that. Mm. Mal would have is always going to be an employee, okay? Mal, because you really need, if you're looking at what you need to do, it's a combination of I have a great idea slash service, and I have the ability to sell it to somebody else. The only time I would ever go into a partnership with a Mal, okay, is if I absolutely, positively could not get Mal's talent by writing a check. If I absolutely couldn't do that, then I would think about it. But Mal is somebody that you hire to fulfill what you've sold and to fulfill what you have, I'm going to say, the picture that you have painted for clients. I see. So, yeah, the problem was that Mal had a an employee mindset rather than entrepreneur mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I get that. Now, who is your ideal client? Ideal client is this person who is never satisfied. They've been in business for at least three to five years. They're making a significant amount of money, well into six figures, usually up into, uh, in the, into the sevens. They have an employee, very often or several, that they're driving crazy because they act like Taz. They have implemented or tried to implement many new things, and they don't feel that they're getting anywhere with it. And they would be just as happy to bring me in to make some sense out of this mess and to work with them as a consultant, not just a coach, for the implementation of these things. It's much the same way, Hank. There are two types of coaches that you might see in a sport. There's one who stands there with a bullhorn sitting on the sidelines yelling at the players to do X, Y, and Z. Or there's the drill sergeant who's running right along with the troops as hard and as fast as he's telling them to run. I fall into the latter category. Okay, so you're right there. You roll up your sleeves and you're right there in the trenches. It's the only way to get it done. Otherwise, you're sitting on Olympus saying, I'm brilliant. And if you're hanging out with people who are people of action, who want to get things done, they will only feel comfortable if they feel that the person they're with is on their wavelength. And the results, what's going to happen? I'll give you the example continuing. If I'm an entrepreneur and I'm not getting results, and I have somebody telling me, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and this is how these things have to happen, and the entrepreneur says, that's great, but still, now he has these ideas. How does he implement them? How does she implement them? That's the issue because their problem has been with implementation. Their problem has been with understanding how their employees think and act. Their problem has been making decisions based upon what else do I need to learn about this? What background has to go into this? As an example, longtime client of mine called me uh, earlier today, wanted to revive a project that had been I'd done with him four years ago. It failed for very specific reasons four years, actually now five years ago. And 
the situations of why it has failed have completely changed. So my work with him in this new addressing of the problem or the project is going to be taking what we learned the first time and being able to refocus it. But my work is going to be with him as well as the other direct participants of this, each of whom is going to have their own role. So then that's uh, an example of the hands-on coach because you're going to be right there with them. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. uh, Yeah. Uh, How do you prefer to work with your clients? I prefer to work with them clothed. Clothed. Yeah, clothed. Usually hot tubs, you know, not so much at this age. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But since you have clients all over the place, right? I mean, it's you don't just work locally. I mean, you can get uh, physically uh, at, at a place of business for people who are local. Or I suppose if somebody wants to pay enough to fly you different places, you can work with them one-on-one, face-to-face, wherever they are. But as mm-hmm. a rule, do you do a lot of online coaching? Almost all of it. And what I have found is that if there is one benefit to having gone through the pandemic is that it has removed the stigma of video. And by stigma, there was always a sense before the pandemic of, gee, I guess I didn't rate because you're doing this on a video call and you aren't in my office or we aren't in luxury hotel. And what I have found and my clients have found is this whole new world of efficiency that now a meeting is not in essence half a day, it's an hour because there's no travel back and forth. There's none of the garbage related to travel, you know, like I had to find parking, it rained today, et cetera, et cetera. Getting ready for the meeting, the fumfering around. When we do it on Zoom or we do it on Teams, it's far more direct we accomplish a lot more within that time period. And it gives us all of that other time we would have spent in travel and other related activities to being in person so we can do other things. It makes me infinitely more efficient. The vast majority of my clients prefer that. I've had clients who love me. We used to be in the office before the pandemic and the comment has been, I love you, Jim. I think you're fantastic. I don't think you have BO or anything. Just let's do it on Zoom or phone. And it's worked out beautifully. Right, because they don't have to go anywhere. And you well, don't have to go anywhere. Exactly. Or I, I um, had a conversation during the pandemic with a fellow who was the uh, sales director of a Fortune 100 SaaS company. And... He said that, of course, when the pandemic hit, he was a road warrior, always on a plane, always in a holiday, you know, always in a uh, embassy suite somewhere, etc. And he found that not only is this no longer the world that he's going to be working virtually, his clients said to him, we love you, we think you're fantastic, and it's so much better for us not to be in person. And the reason for that is when he came in, it was like the conquering general or the most of this important person who's responsible for this key part of our business. So it became a three hour meeting instead of an hour and it became a dinner. And there were people who had to miss soccer practice for their kids or uh, quality time with their girlfriend or fill in the blank from there. 
And all of that was made so much more efficient. Well, that's one of the beauties of home business in general, that people don't have all this travel time and they don't have all this prep time. I mean, they have to do some research and they have to do some prep, but they don't have to pick out certain wardrobes. They don't have to um, allow for, you know, uh, 45 minutes instead of a half hour if they read that there's going to be more traffic going on at the time. They don't have to worry about accidents. But most important of all, I think it is that they control their schedule so much better. You mm -hmm. can, in the course of a day, not only are meetings, you know, gone from three hours, maybe to one hour, but in the course of a day, if you're a busy entrepreneur and you've got clients to deal with, you could see three or four times as many clients in a day as if you had to be going to their office. So that's one of the uh, the big uh, pluses, I think, of home-based businesses. And do. And there's the other advantage, too. Say you're in a Zoom room having a meeting, and there's somebody who says something that's interesting. So as they're having the conversation, I have another screen open with LinkedIn. I'm saying, my God, this hack is really interesting. He's done this, this, and this. I'd like to meet him. And then in the chat, I private message Hank, and I say, you really did some interesting things in Project X. I'd love to talk with you. Here's my calendar link. Let's get together. I could not do that in person if there was a meeting of, say, six or eight people around the table and somebody's having a conversation. That's true. You can't just turn to the side and start talking to somebody. The sidebars, yeah. and it goes back to, and the most, the most wonderful thing, Hank, of what's changed in a million, million years, you and I probably never would have met. Whereas okay. if it's based on things that are proximate within the Philly metro area, I know almost all the players. Within an industry, you wind up knowing most of the players. But when it opens up this virtual world, now there are thousands and thousands of people who are great business colleagues and clients that would never have crossed paths with. Without virtual networking, I wouldn't have a client I'm working with in London right now. You know, without virtual networking, I wouldn't be doing a project with somebody in Seattle. That's uh, certainly one of the high points, one of the most important parts mm -hmm. of the post-pandemic world is how much it has opened up our whole relationship with clients that are outside of our local areas. So, sure. yeah, that for sure. Uh, are there some traits that you believe that uh, home business entrepreneurs should have to be successful? Discipline. Okay. That's the number one trait is discipline. Because it is very easy for somebody not to treat to their business as a separate entity from everything else happening within the home. So my work time is scheduled ideally in its own room, okay, segregated from the rest of the house, that I am going to be doing X, Y, and Z according to a work plan and not as a path to a refrigerator every 15 or 20 minutes or a chance to flop on the living room couch and do, you know, recover from like thought processes or whatever. Um, having the discipline is essential Going to an office for many people is what forces that discipline. I am now in my workplace. I have dressed for my workplace. I have a schedule within my workplace. So it's going to be far more. In other words, by default, it becomes focused in that area. 
I see that the uh, home business, the home office, is a lot more casual than the uh, than you know than than brick and mortar offices. Mostly, I think, in that sense, from the demands of the employers themselves. But when when you're a home business entrepreneur, I guess it depends on what you're doing. You know, some professions really re- they require somebody sitting there in a silk suit, you know, a, a silk tie. Uh, but others, you know, like mine, most of the time I wear casual pullover shirts. And that, I think, is something I like a lot about home-based business. You know, it's amazing how quickly we've run out of time. If you would, please tell our listeners how to get in touch with you. Thank you, Hank. You can get in touch with me through my website, which is www.elsinoreba.com. That's E-L-S-I-N-O-R-E-B-A.com. Or you can email me directly at jims, J-I-M-S, at elsinoreba.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And for our listeners, tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. for the Home Business Success Show here on bizradio.us. Before I go, I want to tell you that there are some great resources available to home business owners. You are not alone in the wilderness in your home business. The Home Business Success Community has your back. We're an online support community of like-minded home business entrepreneurs. Contact me to find out more. Just go to bizradio.us, click on Shows, then click on the Home Business Success Show where you see my picture for contact information. Remember, you can achieve success, freedom, and independence in your own home business. I've done it, Jim has done it, and you can too. See you again next week. This is Hank Eater wishing all of you a fabulous day of home business success. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.